You are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Yes, thank you for joining us this Sunday morning here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon, uh, giving you so much information in one wonderful little Mom Show package. That's what we do each and every Sunday here on The Mom Show. And this weekend, uh, we are joined by one of my favorite people, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center over in St. Paul. Good morning, Dr. Amy. How are you? Oh, and I think we, let's see, let's pot that up over in there. We got, there we go. That should be a little bit better. We got everything. Let's try that again. Huh? Huh? Oh, I see. I feel like I don't have you all the way potted up. Now maybe we do. I was like, I have technical difficulties. So this will be fine. Got to think. Some, it's sunshiny outside, but sometimes we have to catch up here in the studio. So, And you brought your mini-me with you. Thank you very much. I do think that all the moms out there appreciate that sometimes it's good to bring able to bring your kids with you to work and see how things work. So. Ah, uh-huh. see, so it'll be fun. So we have a, a fledgling broadcaster in the building is what we have. So um, I think that one of the things that we'll do anytime we have any questions here on the mom show, you can always call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. If you have any questions and this morning, we are going to talk about basically trying to kill the, the health of you and your family and what's going on there. And you're going to cover some topics specifically relating to the flu, right? Yes, we were going to talk about... Being, uh, you know, battling the flu, I think I see so much anxiety around what if I get the flu? How do we prevent the flu? Mm-hmm. I see tons of flu in the schools. I know I see a lot of anxiety with moms and parents about the flu this year. Because I feel like when we, uh, it used to be back in the day that you would hear the word flu and you would lump so many winter illnesses in there. You know, it was something that you didn't necessarily get very anxious about. But now when you hear the flu, it seems to be more likely to be this very debilitating thing. We know the way that can escalate. So I could see as a parent why you're like, oh no, don't get the flu. When before you're like, eh, Does that make sense? It used to be like, eh, he's just got the flu. Now you're like, oh my gosh, the flu seems like the worst thing ever. Right. Everybody has, like I said, a lot of anxiety. And, um, you know, there's so many questions. And I think with social media and with media in general and the news and reports and what's true, what's not true, um, people just don't really know anymore. And so there's lots of fear around the flu. Okay. So what is the flu actually, Dr. Amy? Right. So we kind of, like you said, lump a whole bunch of things into flu, colds, the stomach bugs. But really what the flu is, when you think about it, we're going to kind of compare and contrast the flu and just a normal cold. So when you think of getting the flu, the flu comes on really suddenly. Okay. Where a cold is much more gradual. And so, you know, I always think you're kind of bumping along, bumping along, bumping along, and it's almost like a light switch with the flu. Okay. And so it can be that really sudden, and there's fevers associated with the flu that we don't often get with colds. Okay. So you're saying normally if I was just saying, okay, uh, let's say I went to bed Wednesday night and I felt relatively fine, maybe slightly run down, but then I wake up Thursday morning and it's boom, everything might hit me. That I would think would be more likely to be the flu. Okay. And, you know... Generally, people have lots of muscle pain with the flu, where a cold, so you might have a little bit, it might be mild, but you're quite achy with the flu. Okay. And so that can be a really hallmark sign. And you really tend to be, it's that sudden again, exhausted, weak, 
You just want to lay on the couch where, again, with that cold, it's much more gradual. You also would know, you know, things like stuffy noses. Okay. Sometimes with the flu, you get a stuffy nose. But normally with a cold, that's what the classic is, right? You're yes. stuffy, you're congested, you have more of that hacking cough. That's right. all the colds. Okay, not the flu. Not necessarily the flu. And, you know, when you get those sore throats, yes. cold, some cases it's the flu, but generally that's colds. Okay, so some of these symptoms, like I, we're probably uh, sitting at home misdiagnosing ourselves. Right, because you hear a lot of times, too, people wake up with some sort of a stomach bug. Right. And everybody's talking about, oh, my gosh, I have the flu. Well, that's something else. Okay. That's a stomach bug. Okay. <laughs> you know, or all the random things that, you know, circulate, circulate through that just aren't, you know, there's lots of viruses that go around that affect people's stomachs, but that's truly not like the true flu. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some steps to making sure that we diagnose appropriately, but as a doctor, when do you suggest I actually maybe go in and talk to somebody and, 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 and have them actually check out all the symptoms and see what it is that I'm actually dealing with? So in general, people fare, tend, tend to fare well with the flu. So it okay. could last anywhere between a couple of days, sometimes up to two weeks. Okay. Where you are fatigued, you've got the muscle pains, there'll be a fever. Um, but generally people weather it pretty well. The okay. populations that we worry about and that we are hearing about a lot on the news are young children, elderly and pregnant women. Okay. They have higher risk factors for complications with the flu. So those populations we definitely talk about sometimes a little bit differently when we're talking about the flu or the severity that can happen with the flu. Those populations are the ones that we really, you know, are worried about. But when So we, if you're in one of those populations, um, how do I determine when it's a normal case of the flu and when it might be escalating? Right. In general, if you're doing okay at home, it's best to stay home. Okay. And we'll talk a lot about things to prevent and to treat when you have the flu. But the idea is if you're doing okay at home, we don't want you going into a doctor's office or a hospital where you're even exposed more or may expose others more okay. if you're doing well. But there are warning signs that we do have you look out for. These would be reasons that we'd want you to go in. So, you know, in children, if there's any trouble breathing, and you know that's true for any illness, but if there's any trouble breathing, whether it's rapid breathing or um, gasping or um, kids are bluish, you know, their okay. face, faces or their lips are blue, those would all be reasons to go in right away. If they're not drinking enough fluids, okay, you know, sometimes when you are feeling so blah with the flu, right. it's really difficult to get in enough fluids. And dehydration can lead to a lot of complications as well. Um, anytime that children or adults are so lethargic that they're not waking up or they're not interacting with others. Okay. What do we use as that kind of litmus test for what counts as not interacting? Well, I always think, you know, Generally, it's high fevers that we start seeing this with. Okay. So if kids are floppy on the couch, not really moving around, not interacting with, you know, other family members. And I always say floppy kids are kids that we should probably be bringing in okay. to get checked out. Because right. there's some, it's gone beyond the I'm not feeling well to I'm not doing well. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime that you are, have the flu... It gets better, but then it returns mm -hmm. and you have things like a fever again or your cough is worse. 
those are all things to get in for right away because those can be secondary infections. And so we hear things like pneumonia or other complicating factors of the flu. These are the instances when you'd want to get in and have somebody check you out. Now, how soon would you have that, you go from recovery to feeling poorly again? Like how long of a time period are we looking for during that particular warning sign? You know, generally it's days. Okay. And so, you know, when you are getting over the flu, you will notice a markable difference, you know, and then all of a sudden, if especially that fever, you know, the fever is telltale, that fever will go away, you're going to start feeling better, those body aches start subsiding. And then if that fever comes back, that's something that I would get checked out. Okay. Yeah. And then um, any sort of a fever with a rash for kids, okay. you know, and with adults too, but specifically with kids, that would be something to get checked out as well. Well, and we, you know, if you, when do you decide... I mean, I know a lot of this is based upon how your kid uh, uh, is reacting to things and whether you can give him anything over the corner, cover uh, over the counter. But when is that you should power through and send him to school? And when? How long should I keep him home? Sure. So let's talk a little bit about exposure. Okay. And what actually happens? So symptoms of the flu usually appear one to d- one to four days after a person's been exposed. Okay. So when you think about how long can a person actually spread the flu? People are normally contagious during the 24 hours before symptoms appear. So that's the problem, right? Right. They don't look sick yet, and we're sick. Yes, and you don't feel sick. But for that 24 hours beforehand, we're spreading germs everywhere. Yes. And they may be contagious for five to seven days after getting sick. Okay. So you can kind of think that there's that almost one-week window And, you know, once you're sick and not feeling well, that's a no-brainer. Yes. But it's really that exposure period, that 24 hours that a lot of people don't know about. Right. So even if you're keeping an eye on your kid because you know something's going around, because I'm I'm just like a lot of parents, I'll get a note that says there's something going around school. You know, they'll send us an email that says we have these many, these these, uh, diagnosed cases of influenza. I get those messages these days, but you're going, but now it's too late. What am I supposed to do? So, And I think too, you know, one thing that we've, I've been talking a lot with people about is truly utilizing, you know, this is recently on the news about web-based healthcare. Okay. So things like Virtuel, you know, Health Partners has this Virtuel where it is something that you call in from your house okay. and you're diagnosed, you know, over the phone or over, over the internet, as far as, you know, that you're not exposed to others, nor are you exposing others either. And so I think that's a really great first step. You know, it's short. It's something that you're not carving hours out of your day for. And I think the most you end up paying out of pocket is $45. And I think it can be less. Um, But I know that's kind of how they advertise it on their website. And so that's a really nice first place to start if you're kind of in that I don't know what I should be doing stage, but I should, I would really like to talk to somebody. Well, we're going to have some more information on how you and your family can go through Sue's flu season as harmlessly as possible. Uh, We'll also give you some information from Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations on how we can prevent the flu in your family. And we'll also take your questions here on The Mom Show. So you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. 
Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Miss Shannon, and we always encourage you to be part of the conversation. You can reach us on The Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. If you have any questions of our experts, and our expert this morning is our good friend from Health Foundations Birth Center over in St. Paul, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And uh, what else is going on over at Health Foundations right now? You guys always are a great resource for, you know, not only just if you're getting ready to uh, do the family planning, but just women's health in general. Yeah. We are, this season right now, we are having lots and lots of babies. Yay! We do. This is the next couple of months are really busy months for us. And so it's so fun because we get to see all of these babies and families forming. Mm-hmm. It's also a really great time of year because it's the beginning of the year and everybody's thinking about their health and right. health insurance. <laughs> and so this is a great time to get in for your annual PAPs, for breast exams. You know, we do um, wellness as well. And so or if you're thinking about different contraception or contraception in general, those are all things you can come see us for. I always wonder, Dr. Amy, does uh, our baby, is there is there, is there a baby season? Like, is it cyclical where there seems to be a rush of we have babies this in these months throughout the year? Sometimes. Okay. But I think those times when it's the coldest okay. or when it's <laughs> everybody's um, indoors. They're and hibernating, the so you might as well snuggle. Okay. Nine months later. <laughs> Those snowstorms, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a good friend of mine who just had a baby, and so she is in that uh, that phase of exploration of getting like the baby's like a brand new, like we're coming up on like six weeks. So they are doing that exploration of you know. I I feel like as the elder states mom in our little friend group of going, you'll be fine. The baby will be fine. Uh There's so many resources out there, resources out there like health foundations. Just relax. I tell her all the time. You know, every time you think your baby's doing something crazy. Your baby's just being a baby. <laughs> so. And for all of those mamas out there who feel really cooped up, who just want to find a place to maybe go out once a week, our moms group is a great place for moms to just be around other moms and babies and they can crawl around. We've got pillows. You know, it's just a really nice environment for moms to get out of the house especially in the winter, but really any time of the year. And you can get that information on their website, health-foundations.com. That's health-foundations.com. You can also have your Facebook page, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And we put things on Facebook every day about what's going on, or you can see baby pictures, blog posts. Those are fun things. So even if you just like to like look at babies and not have people think you're weird, this is what it's for. It's yep. a repository of baby information when you hang out with the folks over at Health Foundations Birth Center. And I agree with you as a at the beginning of the year. Like I know I called um, my my uh, healthcare provider and set up my annual visits because I usually do them around my birthday. It happens to be in March. Yeah. So I made sure I got on the calendar. I figure I'm less likely to forget if I just, I'm like, I just treat it like an anniversary and yep. get all my woman's health things taken care of. Me too. Mm-hmm. Beginning of every year, I map it out and then I know I'm good to go. Right. And so, especially right now, we get so busy and and as, you, as we talked in our first segment, the flu is one of those things that kind of just drops in your lap. You know, yes. it's like, and even if you try to prepare for it, there's still you know it still might hit you anyway right (laughs) so as we are preparing and trying to uh make sure that we prevent the flu what are your suggestions dr amy yeah so you know there's lots of things that i talk to people about preventing flu and some of the things we're going to talk about today sound so boring and normal okay but you know what sometimes it's the basics that work the best 
And so one of the things that we are so vigilant at in my house is washing hands. Mm. And you have kids, so that takes a lot of practice. It does. But Mm -hmm. you know what? We are, I think, are in a routine. And Isla's nodding her head over here. That any time that we come from outside and into the house, it's an automatic into the bathroom and wash their hands with soap. Okay. All right. Because, you know, bringing germs into the house, being home from school, all of those things, that's a really good first action is wash hands. Right. And it's not only at home, it's wherever you go. Um, The other thing, too, is, and this is really simple, and this is something that I think is a little harder for kids than adults, is really avoid touching your face, so Mm. your eyes, nose, and mouth. Okay. Because those are all entrances into your body. Right. And so really getting those germs and not putting them on our faces yes is really important and we probably do break those habits as you get older you can tell yourself stop doing that or yeah. you know as a woman i think that a lot of times we do it just because you put your makeup on it's, like, it's <laughs> not, not wanting to ruin your makeup is a natural deterrent for touching your face sometimes or not you don't want to get it on your hands yes, but yes. you know but as a kid you know i struggle with that with my son where i'm going mm-hmm. just you know no more fingers in mouth all like he's constantly putting things in his face so. oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i think that i feel a little bit better about that especially being at home it's is that, again, when we come in the door, everybody washes their hands. Then if they're touching their face, I'm worrying about it less. Right. Well, how much do you do as a parent and, and, and you know, as a doctor, like how much do you disinfect your home and use the Lysol wipes and, and that kind of like, how concerned should I be if my house is a giant germ factory? <sighs> See? Big sigh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I will be honest. This year, I feel like I'm a little bit more... Um, diligent about wiping down doorknobs okay. and counters. You know, I probably do it once a day yes. with something like a Clorox wipe. Most things are things like doorknobs and right. um, light switches okay. and kitchen counters. Um, but, you know, everybody, all the research shows we shouldn't be using antimicrobial soaps. Okay. We really should lessen the amount that we're doing that way because really we're just helping make these super bugs. Right. And I our, got rid of those things, too. I did read yep. that article. So thank you for mentioning that. Yep. And so those things we don't necessarily do a lot of. However, you know, I do this year. Um wipe things down a little bit more, especially if one of us aren't feeling very well. Okay. Um, you know, I had, I came home, um, about a week ago with some sort of a tummy bug. Yeah. And so I was washing my hands like crazy. <laughs> Cause you <laughs> don't want anybody down. else to get it. Quarantine mom, because I didn't want anybody else to get it in our and house. And it is difficult. I know as a, you know, I, my son, when he most wants to cuddle is when he's not feeling well. Oh, and yeah. so I'm like, that's when he loves me most. And I'm like, but you are a snot nosed little uh-huh. you know, mess. And that's when, you know, you want to comfort them, but you also want to put them in a, you know, uh, some sort of antibacterial sack. (laughs) So it's difficult. And I've even seen, you know, we have an immunocompromised person in our um, immediate family. And so even doing things like, you know, wearing the masks is an okay thing to do Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, it's protecting you, it's protecting them. And it's so, you know, those things are okay to think about, especially depending on who's in your household or who's in your life. This year in particular, you know, I will say and we'll, we'll... give a little um, information about, you know, the flu vaccine. Okay. So this year's strain of flu is called H3N2. It's a strain of influenza A virus. And it's particularly nasty this year because it's hard. 
it's just a hard strain to prevent okay. flu. You know, when you look at the research that's out there, right, this year's um, flu vaccine is about 10% effective. Okay. And that's really difficult, you know, to hear that, but it's really because this strain is more difficult. All right. You know, versus, you know, some of the other strains that go around. There's four species of influenza virus, A, B, C, and D. Um, and so, you know, this happens to be the H3N2 this year, which is an A virus. So, you know, if you are interested in those vac- those vaccines, we always consider, uh, I always suggest you talk to your healthcare provider so you can know what it is that you're dealing with and how available it is. Because you see the signs every time you drive past a Walgreens or or even at your grocery store that the flu vaccine is available. Yes. So you can get some additional information if you had any questions on what it is that you're actually partaking in this season, right? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it is. It's something to talk with your healthcare provider about. It's really an individual choice and it might not be right for everyone and it might be more important for others. And so it's really a conversation to have. I think um, something that is important to know is it takes 10 to 14 days after getting vaccinated to gain immunity. Okay. So if you've already been exposed or you get exposed in the two week window after you get the flu shot, it might not help. All right. Well, we're going to have some more information on how you can prevent the flu and then some information on what to do when and if you get the flu, courtesy of our friend from Health Foundation's Birth Center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And we'll also be willing to take your phone calls. So if you have any questions, you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. You're joining us for The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Michelle and joined with, uh, from uh, Health Foundation's Birth Center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And, and Dr. Amy, I, I don't know how you feel as a mom. It's bad enough when I don't feel well, but oh, when my son is sick, it's the worst. It's just... It's hard to see your kids sick. Right. You know, just sitting there and it's like you want to do everything you can to make them feel better and you're just stuck in this scenario. And even though you know it's the flu and will weather the storm, it's still a very daunting thing to have this this crappy, sick little kid that you have to try and figure out how to make them, how to suit them and make them feel better. Yeah, it really is. But there's some really simple things that you can do to hopefully help them feel a little bit more comfortable. Okay. And we have been talking about the flu and how to weather the storm this flu season. If you have any questions, you can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And we've been covering prevention. And we did uh, speak a little bit about the flu vaccine that's out there right now and, and encouraging people and my talkers to go out there and get some additional information from their healthcare provider on the flu vaccine and whether it is the right choice for them. So, yes. And the thing I did want to mention about the flu vaccine um, that we didn't get a chance to earlier is they are saying that even though the effectiveness rate is 10 Mm percent, so that means the shot only prevents 10 percent of the H3N2 flu cases. So when you think about it, if 100 and 1,000 unvaccinated people developed the flu, the number would drop to 90 in 1,000. Okay. Just to kind of give you the numbers of what that looks like. Because I think it's hard sometimes to think about what those statistics look like in your head. Right. However, they are saying that with the flu vaccine, those symptoms, if you do get the flu, um, are mitigated a little bit. Okay. And so they aren't maybe as severe. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I mean, that's, you know, you... you can only do so much to whether you're going to get it or not. And, you know, a lot of that is luck of the draw. And especially if you have kids out in the, you know, the school setting, we know that that is a breeding ground for all kinds of things that are gross, you know, kind of thing. Like there's been right. times They're I'm petri like, dishes. exactly. I'm like, I know that my son and all his little friends are gross, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I live with him and I try to mitigate how gross he is, but he's still kind of gross. So I, I have very realistic expectations. So if we can get them through this more quickly, that might be the right course of action for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's real simple things 
things we can do, um, especially this is true for everyone now. So a multivitamin. Okay. You know, we just want to make sure that we're getting all of our nutrients in that we might not be getting with our diet, Mm -hmm. especially in the winter. A lot of people tend towards certain mono diets okay, or where we have limited or don't eat as many colorful fruits and vegetables. And it tends to be sometimes more meat and potatoes and carrots, those sorts of things. Right. Where in summer months, we're getting a little bit more variety Mm -hmm. just because of the season. Vitamin D, you know, on so many of these shows, we talk about the importance of vitamin D, but it does help with your immune system. And so adults should be thinking about 2,000 to 5,000 IUs a day, and kids are anywhere between 400 to 2,000, depending on their age. Okay. And so, and that's every day. So we get our vitamin D from the sun. We don't Which we see don't the have the sun. Yes, exactly. And even if we did see the sun this time of year, we are so bundled up. It doesn't matter. And we're not at the correct location to get the intensity of the sun to right. really our body to utilize it. So Minnesotans in general are vitamin D deficient. Okay. If you go in and get a lab test done for adults, we want you to be between what's the numbers you're looking for are between 60 and 80. Okay. Those are really healthy numbers for a good immune system, for anti-inflammatory, for all of these things. Um, and it really takes work to get there. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D every day. Vitamin C. Okay. So everybody's kind of heard about vitamin C or, you know, those are the things that people take when they're sick. And, you know, you can take 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams a day for kids and, you know, several thousand milligrams for adults. All right. So when we get sick in our family or when I start feeling not well... Right away, it's a thousand milligrams about every three hours to shore up your system a bit. Yep. Okay. And that means it's continually in your system. Okay. And I know sometimes with kiddos, it's a little bit harder for them to take supplements. Right. And so vitamin C in particular, things like the emergency packets for they have the kids versions are really great because then you can make kind of a nice drink for them, whether it's hot or cold and get their vitamin C in that way. There's also lots of different vitamin C um, like tablets or chews that Mm -hmm. taste good. That is a great way to get in. And we even think of them as a little bit sometimes of a treat in our household. Oh, yes. We we have those, too. They taste like Skittles. And yeah. so I have to actually put them away. <laughs> where I'm going, you don't need, you've had enough, actually, today. So, These are actually vitamins. Correct. They're not candy. Right. I have to put them in a whole different part of the house. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um those are real simple things to do. The other thing, and a lot of people know about these, is zinc. Yes. And zinc lozenges, so things that you can suck on again, are great for adults and for kids. And it really can help reduce colds and flus. And so for adults, it's 30 to 60 milligrams a day. And then for kids, there's different dosages. We can put this actually on our website, on our blog, the different dosages thinking about for kids because it's per age group. And that's good to know about because zinc's a little more challenging. It's not as fruity and taste, you know, it, it's not terrible, but it's not as good as uh, all the stuff with the vitamin right. C and stuff in it. It takes a, it's a little more metallic. I remember every time I have to give it to my kid. Yeah. It is. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think since it is a lozenge and we think of it more of a lozenge and mm-hmm. something that we suck on. Right. That we don't think of it as something we need to limit in our body either. And so you don't want to go like totally overboard and do one every hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's something to really, you know, 
think about that way, but something to have in your arsenal. Perfect. To keep to keep together. And so. I think that it's, it's nice to have this information. I'm glad you said you're going to put it on the blog so that you can easily access it when it does come down. Because then I think that when you're in the midst of, you know, you have a kid that you're already dealing with, you go, okay, which one of my home remedies slash wives tale am I going to go to first? So it's good to have this list of, nope, these are the things that you should go and, and, and actually uh, are tried and true and do have a basis in reality for actually lessening these symptoms and the severity of these symptoms. And what I find, too, is parents don't know the dosing is the most difficult. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes people aren't dosing enough to get enough of a therapeutic effect. Okay. Because they either don't know or they're scared that maybe it's too much, which is totally understandable. Right. But if there's not a large enough therapeutic dose, if you're not taking a high enough dose, you're not going to gain the same effects. So sometimes when you have, like, I know that every, you know, if you're just reading the back of these labels, Dr. Amy, when you're trying to figure out the right um, dosage for your kid, like I have a pretty big kid. So I remember when I usually take him in to talk to his pediatrician every year, I start kind of asking, where does he fall on the, right, the scale? Right, that's where it starts getting sticky. Yeah, because yep. I go, well, I know he's nine but he weighs 130 pounds, so how do I decide what these dosing are? Is that something that sometimes I should go like back to what you mentioned earlier, like the virtual, or or talk to you know call and talk to like our nurse practitioner? Or so there's lots of good options. Okay, if you are at the drugstore, say you're like at CVS or Walgreens or Target. Stop and talk to the pharmacist Okay, and say, this is how old my child is. This is how much they weigh. This is what I need. What would you recommend? Okay, Because they will have good answers for you. And then it's right there. Mm-hmm. If you have that primary care provider, it's fine to call your nurse line and say, hey, same question. This is what we're dealing with. I don't know how to dose this for my son or daughter. Okay. And of course, I think that's a great way to utilize Virtuel as well. And they might have other suggestions as far as other things that might help in addition to things that you're already thinking about or doing. Will they know some of these other things about vitamin C and zinc? And mm, I don't think that they talk a lot about these sorts of things. Okay. But especially over-the-counter decongestants, antihistamines, ibuprofen, Tylenol, those sorts of things, they will definitely be able to help you with that dosing. Perfect. Because you wonder about that, too. Like, I'm always like, did I give him too much or Uh did I not give him enough to put a dent in it? Right. Or, you know, sometimes what's on the back of the bottle is definitely a safety. That's a safe range. Yes. But a provider might say, you know, for the next eight hours, let's bump it up to this. Okay. Just to get you over that hump, or maybe it, they know that it's okay for your child to do that. But of course, they would never put that on the back of a bottle. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So there are these challenges. If you have any questions, again, you can call us here on The Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We've talked about some of the, we'll say, the, the vitamins and supplements that you can use. Does it still come back to just how many, how much, when is enough fluids in me if I have the flu or my kid has the flu? Where do I start? Well, Adults, I always think eight, eight ounces of glass of water a day. Okay. But really, when you think about it, um, if you were talking about minimums, you know, it's good to think you should be peeing during the day. Okay. And it shouldn't be that bright yellow. Okay. You know, that would mean that you're getting on the dehydrated side. If you have small children or babies, because they aren't really good about communicating and it's sometimes more difficult to, you know, tell their symptoms because they're nonverbal. Right. If you have a child who is crying, but there's no tears, 
That oh. is a big warning sign. Okay. That's something that you need to be going in for or calling your provider right away because that is a sign of dehydration. They don't, if you, for simplicity's sake, it's kind of like thinking they don't have enough fluid in them to get it out. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, for children, I think if they can just keep sipping and it doesn't always have to be fluids, you know, in our house, sometimes we make um, popsicles. We even make things like emergency popsicles okay. or um, find other ways to get in these fluids for kids um, besides thinking of just drinking water. And water might not be the one thing that they want to drink. You know, right. I don't really I'm not a big promoter of juice by any means because that's just a huge sugar bomb. Right. And that really depresses your immune system. So I feel like that can make fevers worse and symptoms worse. But if you're doing things like the emergency or a lot of times the palm juice, the P.O.M. Yes. Is a concentrated pomegranate juice and, you know, diluting that a little bit so there's some flavor. Right. Or even diluting a little bit of apple juice, like one-third apple juice or one-fourth apple juice, three-fourths water. Okay. You know, it gives it a little bit of flavor, but you're not getting that amount of sugar. Right. And that is so hard. Like when you're trying to sit there and go, I want you to feel better. That's when my kid always likes to, if we're throwing out name brands, that's when he turns into the vitamin water kid. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. That's when I'm like, okay, yep. I know you're not feeling well and I want I want to make sure that I'm getting enough fluids in you, but I don't want to pour more sugar in you and make it worse. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even this time of year, that decreasing the sugar, even if it's only around flu season, can really pay off because it really does decrease your immune system. All right. Well, we have some more information. And what else do you want to cover during our last segment, Dr. Amy, when we get back? We're going to talk a little bit more about prevention, what to do if you actually get the flu. And if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about Tamiflu. Perfect. And we'll also take your calls. The number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. And what we do at The Mom Show is we arm you with information and we hopefully cut down on some of that mom anxiety that you have of going, I have to be perfect. We don't expect you to be perfect here on The Mom Show. And we're joined this morning uh, from Health Foundation's Birth Center over in St. Paul, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And Dr. Amy, you've been helping us weather the storm of the flu, uh, giving us the information on how you find out if you really have the flu, uh, diagnosing those symptoms, and when you should actually go see the doctor. And we appreciate that, Dr. Amy. Yeah, it's great to be here and great to help decode hopefully a little bit about the flu and what to do this flu season. Right. And so, you know, I, I also appreciate that you said it is okay to do some of that self-diagnosis because I, I think that sometimes as a parent, you jump into, especially if you're doing the WebMDs and the stuff online, almost too much. Sometimes, right. yeah, it does. You know, sometimes that increases my anxiety versus making me feel better about my choices for my kid. All of a sudden, you're dying. Right. <laughs> Everything leads to they could die. You know, if you go I by the that. internet. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> Especially when I'm feeling horrible. Right. And <laughs> I already know. And then I'm thinking I'm calling or I'm texting girlfriends. I think I'm dying. <laughs> You're like, and they're like, it's the flu. But people die from the flu. And it's like, okay, stop. And now they laugh at me and they get the text back saying, you're not dying. <laughs> it's good to know. And it's nice to have that support and to have other people that can just, you know, sometimes you're, you know, if you're being miserable, you just want a little company. Right, Dr. Amy? Absolutely. Right. And so we <laughs> understand. Yeah, yeah, we understand it, especially as a, as a parent. You're, you're torn because you want to make your kid feel better. You want to make sure they're giving them the right care if you're doing things at home but a little piece of you also wants to not get whatever they have yes <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. absolutely so I want to share one of my absolute favorite things 
to prevent colds, flus, illness in the winter. Okay. It tastes good. Kids like it. Adults like it. It's fairly um, inexpensive and it's elderberry syrup. Oh, I am not familiar with that, Dr. Amy. Thank you for educating me on that. It's an herb. You can get it at um, places like Whole Foods, co-ops, those sorts of um, stores. You can even get it online. Mm -hmm. Brands that I like are things like Herb Farm, um, Planetary Herbals, Gaia Herbs. You know, all of those are great. And it's one tablespoon three times a day for adults. And it's a dark berry flavor. And so, so it's it's for kids. They they like it. I don't know. Our kids tend to like it. And kids don't really like taking things. If it, if we're doing the elderberry syrup, is this something that I could add to like their water and shake it up? Or how do you oh. normally give it to people? You know, I suppose you could, but we just take it right off the spoon. Okay. Kind of like a Mary Poppins deal. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> it's our elixir now. And what are the benefits of this elderberry syrup? Really, it's an immune booster. It's immune protective. That's primarily why we use it. Okay. So it's preventative in nature and it's something that you can take throughout the winter without having to worry about getting too much in your system or really um, overdosing or taking for too long of a period of time. Because a lot of the things that we take, we do have to think about maybe not taking them on a long-term basis. Okay. Where the elderberry syrup is something that you don't really have to worry about that with for winter. Okay. And how much do you normally give you and your family each per day? So for adults, really, it's that one tablespoon three times a day. Okay. You know, if I don't always get that third one in, sometimes we just get two in. Um, but regardless, that's still immune protective. And then again, I'll put up the kid dosing because it'll vary by age and kind of weight that way. But it's generally a couple of teaspoons a day for kiddos. And it's a great way, again, to prevent, but it's something they can also take during the flu. And, you know, now that you said that, I'm really going to try putting a little bit in water and see what it's like. And I just because that's the challenge that I have at my house is I'm always trying to get him to drink more. Just I call it, you know, his teacher and I have decided it's just called straight up water. Like that's the whole thing is that I'm always trying to pare down and get him to drink Straight up water. So if at least if it had a little bit of this color and sweetness in it, that's closer to drinking water instead of him bugging me about more soda and more Kool-Aid and those other things that are out there. So maybe that'll be a trick. So we'll have to give that a shot and then report back. You know, I struggle with the same thing, especially in the winter. I don't feel necessarily as thirsty as I do in the summer. Right. And I... I myself struggle with getting in those couple of liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. So my thing is lemons, lemons okay. and limes. And so I actually just buy the lemons and I put it in my water bottle. Do my kids like it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a guarantee that they don't drink out of mom's water bottles. <laughs> so you can have some of your own stuff. I've tried all of those infusions at the house as well. Where I'm like, here's the bottle full of berries. Here's the bottle full of mint. And I'm always fine with it. But again, my kid, not into any of them. I was going to say, it is hard. You know, what I've seen some moms do, too, about the water, because that's something we're going to be talking about. It's really important, that hydration for prevention, as well as if you do get the flu. If you are dehydrated, you are more likely to get sick. Because I always think all of our mucous membranes are more like... um, Flypaper. Okay. And so they're sticky and the germs stick to it easier. And so we get sick easier. Where if we're well hydrated, those germs don't have as easy of a time sticking onto our mucous membranes in our walls. Okay. And so, you know, one thing that I've heard moms do and explore a little bit more is this essential oils in water. Oh, 
Oh, and okay. it's only like I think one drop, or I don't know. That's something I don't know a lot about. I will just uh, admit, but I do hear lots of moms talking about it as far as a way to flavor the water and get um, kids to drink it easier. But that's something you'd have to do a little bit more research. We'll, do, on. we'll look into that. I have a friend that's very into the essential oil, so we'll do that. And we also have a call real quick. So, uh, so Sandy, thank you very much for calling into the Mom Show. What do you have going on this morning? Well, I had a question. I heard you guys talking about the black elderberry yeah. extract. Okay, so I have one. Um, I have an unopened bottle. It's the Nature's Answer brand. It says Sambucus, S-A-M-B-U-C-U-S on it. Yep. And I was wondering, it actually expired January of 2017, but it's unopened. And it was quite expensive, so I hate to throw it away if it's still good. And I thought, well, maybe I should just start using it. But I didn't know if it's one of those things that you actually have to go by the expiration date or since it's been unopened, if I can still use it, if it's still you know, potent? That's a good question. I think the potency would be less. It makes okay. me a little nervous that it's a year out. You know, if it was a little less, maybe a month or so, I would I would worry much less. But since it's okay. been a full year, that makes me maybe a little bit more nervous to use it. Um, Even though it hasn't been opened at all, it's still got the original seal on it? Yeah. Yeah. You just never know how those um, products break down or if they oxidize or who knows okay. what. So just to be on the safe side, I guess I would... I would not use it. Now, are you familiar with this brand at all? I'm not familiar with that brand, but I always say if you go to places like Whole Foods or the co-ops or, you know, like your yes. local area stores, they tend to, to carry reputable brands. And so if that's where you purchased it, I, I tend to... I actually got it at Fresh and Natural. Oh, okay. So I tend to um, put stock in that they actually, um, they stock good brands. Okay, and how much were you saying for adults? A tablespoon. One per tablespoon, day? three times a day. Three times a day. For right now, you know, this flu, like I said, is kind of nasty this year, and it's a great prevention for the next. You know, we're looking at probably a couple more months of this flu window. So at least we haven't peaked quite yet. It, normally the flu peaks in the mid-January, and we actually haven't even seen the peak yet. So at least for the next month, I'd be really good about it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Sandy. And I think that, you know, I appreciate you saying that, you know, that even letting us know that we haven't peaked yet so that we still have time that we have to really stay, you know, on your grind as far as making sure that you watch for these symptoms. You try and make sure that you get, you know, make sure that you're hydrated and your immune system is as healthy as possible yep. in this, you know, through the remainder of the season. Absolutely. So the thing then is what do you do if you actually get the flu? So a lot of these things we've already talked about, hydrate, stay comfortable, these supplements we're talking about, elderberry syrup, remembering antibiotics do not work against the flu. The flu is a virus. Okay. Antibiotics only work against bacterial infections. And I mention that because I've heard that kind of circulating around a little bit about people getting a little confused about, oh, maybe I need to go in for antibiotics. If it's the flu, antibiotics won't work. You okay. just kind of got to weather it. Right. So it's something to remember. The one thing I just want to mention briefly, you know, I think we have a little bit of time, is I get lots of questions about Tamiflu. Okay, and that is? That is, it's an antiviral medication. Okay. And so it's used to treat or to help lessen the effects of flu. Okay. And there's a lot of controversy around Tamiflu. Some people love it. Some people don't love it. Here's the thing. You have to start taking it within 48 hours after getting the flu. Okay. That's the only time that it's effective. 
and it helps reduce the number of people who have serious complications from the flu. So it's something to maybe consider or think about. But if you truly don't have the flu, it's not going to work. All right. Well, you can get the rest of this information if you go to their blog. We'll make sure this is all included on the page as well. Thank you for joining us on The Mom Show. Thank you for listening to us from our uh, our expert from uh, Health Foundation's birth center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And we'll see you next time.